0: Before we jump into things, I would first like to apologize to everybody for my mic quality. I forgot to plug my mic in, so the audio isn't great, but without further ado, here we go. Welcome in everybody to another edition of The Return of the War podcast. Thank you all for listening. As always, myself Chris Watkins, Frankie Cardiselli sitting across from me digitally. Frankie, this past week, uh, Davion Mitchell and Tyrese Halliburton were on the Three Man Old What Is it? Old Man and the Three podcast yeah. with JJ Reddick. and Davion uh, was asked if there's any food item that is generally liked by the public that you uh, are sour on. His answer was cheese. Do you have uh, Do you have any? I wouldn't call it an allergy, but uh, things I just, uh, I'm
1: picky yeah just about a,
0: a personal dislike that is is a pretty common. Commonplace food item?
1: First of all, the cheese thing is crazy. It's wild.
0: It's How wild. You not
1: like cheese. My uh,
0: mom's the same way, actually, like where she's not um lactose intolerant, but like she'll order hamburgers, but like mm-hmm. get milkshakes. And I'm like, you gotta like, you gotta pick, pick,
1: pick a side. Yeah. <laughs> is it like a texture thing with cheese? I know some, I've heard people cheese don't like <laughs> well, it, cheese is cheese. You can have cheese yeah. melted, you could have cheese. Cold and just Ram. in a block, uh, string cheese. That's kind of in string the middle. String cheese, yeah. Um, no food I'm I'm pretty picky. I don't I don't really eat seafood. Yeah. I don't know if seafood Ooh. is a thing. Do you like seafood? Um I'm
0: I'm allergic to crab and shrimp, so I really can't explore. And like, I haven't done the official like doctor. I think they like give you shots and then like give you like rows oh, of what you're God. allergic to. I haven't done that. That scares me. That's
1: a it's a nightmare. Yeah. So, I when I was like ten or eleven, they did or twelve. I was young and they just. It was the no. day of the Kings uh, Timberwolves game seven, <laughs> and I was at the oh, doctors. Wow. Like, yeah, I was at the doctors like at four o'clock. I was ten though, but they it's like on my back I think, and they just go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then yeah. see what are you allergic to? It's really fun. I don't need my back
0: to be like a swatch. Like yeah, that's bad,
1: especially when you're allergic to nothing and you do it all for nothing. So, <laughs> Did not even like, think about that as a possibility? Which is exactly what happened. Uh, I think it was dry grass. Everyone's allergic to dry grass, but no, the cheese thing is crazy. It's it's wild. But uh, no, yeah. Davion, I don't know what that's about, man. But well, if the at least it wasn't the controversial take that De'Aaron had when he came to Sacramento, which was don't like in and out. Which kind of automatically put him on some people's bad side in the Sacramento area, but I'll tell you what put Davion on on the good side. (laughs) Oh
0: yeah,
1: Kings fans, just kind of start with that, I guess. Last night, uh, pretty similar to last night was a game against Golden State. Was pretty similar to to Friday against Utah. So these games kind of run together. But Davion Mitchell had a pretty. Pretty different game last night than he did on on Friday night. Twenty two points, which I think his career high before last night was four points. So that's kind of a kind of an uptick. Kind of an uptick. But that's pretty much the biggest positive I have from last night. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, last night was a tough one. Uh, the first half, I think they played so much better. Um, they, they just couldn't make shots. That's been the story the past two games is, is they just the, – the offense goes cold and gets stagnant, and there's moments where they're just looking for somebody to create offense out of nothing, and uh, it tends to not happen. Uh, you know, I think Davion, like you said, had finished with 22 uh, last night, and he had 17 at the end of the first. Um, Harrison, I think, kind of had a similar story where he had 16 in the first half and then like eight in the second yeah. half or something like that. Exactly. Um, it was just, it was really a tale of two halves for that Golden State game and, and that Utah game. They just, they flat out just never hit shots. Um, we're seeing the, the free throw thing come back and rear its ugly head. I don't have the exact numbers of the team for the season, but I know.
1: They were, last night, they were 8 of 13, 61%. Yeah,
0: not... and the night before, I think they were 7 of 10 or something like that for 70%. Like,
1: yeah, uh, that, That's were,
0: that's flat out just not going to cut it.
1: Yeah, they're 15 and 21, 71%. I mean, they're, they're shooting well below 75%, which even that isn't ideal. I no. think Utah shot 80% on – Mm-hmm. Uh, Utah from the free throw line went 20 of 23, 87%. Mm-hmm. Last night, Golden State from the free throw line. Um, pulling that up right here. Golden State from the free throw line last night. 20 of 24. These good teams, yeah. they they knocked their free throws down. And I'm yeah. not saying the, the free throws haven't been the complete difference. The Kings lost by double digits yeah. last night. They lost by eight or nine against Utah. Um, but you you see these good teams knocking down free throws. And like you said, it's coming back to the same situation last year. De'Aaron Fox. We'll have to talk about his start in a little bit. His free throws haven't been falling at a better clip than, than last year. Um, it, the, the Kings are a very good team through three quarters. Not very good. They're a good team through three quarters. They've, they've come out and played very well to start off each game this season, all three. And they've taken a lead into the half, I think, in all three games. And... <laughs> I think the third quarter is where things kind of – and it's very similar to last season. I think last season we had all these jokes about the third quarter and how many times a team would blow a lead. And we're seeing it again. It's, it's very – Now it's in the fourth. Now it's in the fourth, which is even worse. <laughs> we're just pushing it later and later. Which is Before we would get blown out from Jump
0: Street, you know, maybe by halftime it would be a blowout. Then Nick, last year was third quarter. Now we've just like you know what? Let's just let's, let's really get the hurt on. Let's put it in the fourth. And uh, I think you you um, echoed. I think Matt George uh, was the first to point it yeah. out, but that the Kings have gotten outscored by thirty in their three regular season fourth quarters. Um, obviously that's not going to cut it. Yeah. You're just not going to win ball games. You can play. I'm not going to say you can play the best defense for three quarters, but you can play all the defense you want for three quarters. If you're not going to show up when it counts, and I think that's been, for me, the biggest tale of, of why we are one and two and not even two and one. I, th- I would say the team probably, they don't deserve to be two and one, but there's a world where they, they squeak out one of the Utah or, or Golden State wins. And it's just, I mean, it's consistency. Like, like you know, they they played amazing in the first half, came out slow in the third came out dead in the fourth and and they just didn't take advantage of when Steph Curry was off the court the other day.
1: You get beat by Gary Payton, G- the, Gary well, Payton Jr.
0: That's the thing is like you look at the Warriors box score and like, you know, you, you, you really can't do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm going to practice the exercise. You look at the Warriors box score. Gary Payton had 10 points. He was four of six from the field, two of two from three. If you make that four points, which is what he probably should have, there's six less, obviously. Damien uh, – what's his name? Damien Lee, my least favorite warrior. He was getting
1: you, you <laughs> had very 11. upset.
0: Get that guy to like seven points, six points if he's really got to. Like you just need to minimize their impact. I mean if Steph is only going to – only, I say only, going to have 27 points – that team should struggle to score. Like, you can't allow Wiggins to then drop 20. You can't allow Poole to drop 20. I think Draymond had 12. Like, th- those are the kind of things where it's like those things add up. And obviously, you, you're not in the flow of the game. You're not going to be like, hey, Gary Payton has 10 or has eight. We can't allow him to get 12 or else we're losing. Like, but that's just the kind of thing where it's like you're not, you're, you're decreasing your chances of winning the more that these guys who don't get buckets are getting buckets. And uh, you know, it's that that's where it's like if you guys are really a defensive team, like take advantage of that I mean you you, me and Matt were sitting next to each other uh last night's game, and Matt pointed out like, yeah, like the Kings need to be winning this I think it was at the start of the fourth or or with about ten minutes to go in the fourth quarter. They they ran out uh no Steph and no Draymond for what four or five minutes. It
1: was just bench, I, if I'm not mistaken, quarter. the
0: Kings lost the, that that five minutes like I they think lost they got that outscored like 19 to 15 or something like that
1: with the can the kings had their heavy hitters in and yeah. it, when you hold steph curry to and when i say hold i just mostly mean steph was having an off night not no pun intended to Damian, no, no, no. uh even though he did he did do a good job defensive for the most part and steph if steph's going nine of 23 and four of 15 which is 26 percent from three you need to win that game and when clay clay's not playing uh They're missing Wiseman, Iguodala's out. I mean, there's all these different factors, and you look back at it, and Damian Lee was picking up big shots late. Gary Payton had a nice stretch in the third quarter. Um, Draymond Green, like you said, 14 points on 50% shooting. That's the difference right there, and and not Mm -hmm. picking up stops when you need it. And that's the biggest thing for the Kings was there were just so many breakdowns. Uh, Offensively, too, Or how many times were we sitting there saying, What is the – what's the plan here? I said that maybe like
0: 15 times yesterday at the – especially like when it gets down to like 10 seconds in the shot clock. It's just what's the plan, guys? Like somebody's got to have a plan to get open and setting a screen and hoping that somebody gets open. One of your two people or a wing gets open off of that. Like that's not going to work. That's what everybody tries. That's what everyone knows is coming.
1: And credit to Golden State's zone zone defense. They did a really good job on zone uh, in the third quarter and into the early fourth, and, and the Kings didn't really have an answer. Uh, Buddy had a very bad night. He wasn't knocking down his shots from the outside. Uh, Tyrese was doing a lot of things that were good last night, but he, he his aggressiveness on the offensive end is kind of uh, – it hasn't shown up to begin the season. Um, he passed up a lot of open looks on the outside, um, but it's it's some credit to Golden State's defense, but the Kings just – didn't They look like a completely different team in the second half. And I have a thing from uh, Tim Maxwell, Sackham Baby Giraffe. The Kings have led at the half in each of the three games. They've been outscored in the second half in each of the three games. And overall, they're minus 39, which is dead last in the NBA in the second half of this season. They're being outscored by 40 points in the second half of this season. So not a second half team. We've seen it in every game so far. They almost let the, the Portland game go. Utah, they were in control for most of that game. Let that one go. Golden State, I won't say they were in control for most of that one, but they were never out of control until the very end of the game. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's a problem. It's a problem, and I don't know if it's going to get better going against Phoenix, but um, I can't say the Kings are a good team. It's the same thing, though. It's like the same thing as last year. They look good, and then they don't. It, it, it's tough to get the temperature check, but – yeah, right now, yeah. I ahead. think
0: I think they're banking on their physicality shocking teams, and I think that's happening in the first half. But I think what's what we're seeing is that the Kings really don't have any second adjustment. It's not like uh, they're you know they're playing intensity. They're not even really playing that intensity. You know, they're not. They're, I think I looked earlier and they're like in the in the low twenties in terms of defense rating and twenty third efficiency. Yeah, like they're they're not shutting anybody down by, by any stretch of the imagination, but um, they're they're definitely trying harder on defense. You see um, them actually getting back in transition defense and making stops, which is completely foreign to to uh, how the team was last year. And. It's just not. I mean, I, I I don't know why, but they're not coming out in the second half and really giving them any different looks. They're kind of just like we are who we are. We do what we do, and we're hoping to beat you tonight. Um, it's frustrating, man. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know what else the team needs. Um, you would have thought that a, a surprise twenty-two from Davion would have been enough to to jolt the offense, but um, I don't know. I don't. I don't really want to. I don't really believe this take um, at all, actually. I I, I don't think this is the answer by any stretch of the imagination, but isn't it kind of like, don't you have to consider maybe easing Marvin Bagley into the rotation at this point? I mean, um, I, I don't want to spend too much time on Tristan Thompson, who I think is getting like under 10 minutes a game at this or somewhere near 10 minutes a game at this point. But Um, his minutes are bad, like regardless of, of if he's having any sort, you know, whether he's bringing a toughness or he he's filling in minutes or whatever he's, he's, his minutes have been very replaceable. Like, especially, I mean, his offensive possession last night where he literally took like 15 seconds off the shot clock and threw up a, a half hook that he missed at that point. That was, he didn't need to see the floor again yesterday, but uh, I've not been impressed at all in what I've seen from Tristan in, in his. Did he play in his three games uh, so yeah. far this season? Like it's it was- it's been nothing that's been like a that's stood out and b that's made me feel like we can't get that kind of production from someone else.
1: It was very strange because uh, he played a big role in, in a big role. He played a lot of minutes I think against Portland, but in the Utah game, Alex Len took those minutes and Alex Len played pretty well. I thought he. <laughs> He had eight points, four rebounds, and, and he made six of eight free throws. Which, for, for the Kings, that's that that was the best. That was the best on the team that night, maybe this season, um, from the free throw line. But I, I really like Alex Len's minutes. And Tristan came in in that Utah game in the fourth quarter and played a random four minute stretch, and it just was very strange. Um, but it, his minutes haven't looked great. I know that the numbers look good and the box score they look good because he gets six points and seven rebounds and only missed one shot over 16 minutes. That's cool. But like you said, he just looks out of the flow of the offense and he does. He did force in that one possession, but I think the Kings big men over the years have had a problem with, with their hands. I, (laughs) I, Marvin isn't very strong with his hands. Uh, Tristan has dropped a lot of balls. I think Willie used to drop a lot of balls Mm -hmm. that were thrown to him. Um, It, it's something that I think Tristan isn't... I don't think he'll be out of the rotation anytime soon. I think Luke likes him a lot, and I think they're going to ride it out. But between Marvin and Alex Len, you have two good options on the bench that I think should get more minutes. I think both of them deserve at least a look. And Terrence Davis saw 12 minutes last night. He looked he looked bad for, I think, mm-hmm. every game this season, minus a good stretch against Portland. He has not looked like he, he did at the end of last season, or even in preseason. He had a really strong preseason, but mm-hmm. it's it's an interesting time for the rotation because I don't think anyone's spot out of those, out of all those guys that has named Terrence Davis, Marvin Bagley, Alex Landry, Tristan Thompson. I don't think that they're all either in or out completely. I think that Luke's still trying to figure that out, which is why against Utah Mo was out, but you're going to play Marvin just for what, eight, nine minutes. Mm-hmm. And he, he looked horrible. No, um, but he didn't look good. That's the, I mean, that, that's why I said Marvin. like,
0: I don't really believe he, he looked like Marvin. He looked like he literally hasn't gotten, Any better, any worse. I mean, granted, we saw him for eight minutes, so he wasn't really able to showcase everything. But um, I don't know. It's Like I said, I don't really believe the take because I I think Marvin's core issue, and I think I talked about it a couple weeks ago, is I just think he doesn't want to play his role or or even know what his role is when he comes in for these 10 minutes. Like, how can he best impact winning in his short time? I don't think he even knows or, or understands um, what it is he needs to be do because I, I really do think that is the that is the sole reason why Tristan is in is because Luke's going to put him in. He's not going to – in theory, he's not going to worry about Tristan taking 15 seconds off the shot clock and, and hoisting up some shot and not worrying about defense. Um, Tristan will at least give effort on both ends, and Marvin is suspect. So I understand why why he's hesitant to put him in, but, I mean, at this point – you need – I just think the rotation needs some sort of boost, especially with how they've been shooting the past two games. Like, you know, Marvin's Marvin's obviously going to put his his shots up too and they might not fall. But uh, I just think we, we – I think it's clear that we need some form of boost because the offense gets very, very stagnant at points and the defense is – the defense is already bad. It's The thing is, it's not like – I shouldn't say that because it could get worse and we saw how bad it was last year, but, um, I don't think that eight to 10 minutes, and I could, I could definitely be wrong. Cause if he's the only big man out there, he'll kill us. But eight to 10 minutes of Marvin Bagley, I don't think will ruin the game for us defensively and might actually, he might actually do something so productive, so energizing in those eight minutes that, you know, it's, it's helpful for our victory. Um, and that's definitely a dice roll, you know. I don't, I don't think you can roll that dice every single game and hope that he, that hope that he's starting to figure it out. But um, it's just frustrating. I think I definitely think the team needs something because, as you stated earlier, like Tyrese's offensive aggression hasn't been there the past couple games, and we've seen that we had this same struggle with De'Aaron Fox for two to three years of his career, where we felt like, hey man, like the team needs you to score. Like, it's nice that you do all these other things that you get other people involved, but we need we need, we need a great player. And, and uh, the scoring hasn't been that.
1: there. The scoring hasn't been there. They scored for uh, they scored 21 points in the fourth against Utah. They got outscored 29-21. And then last night, they scored 19 points in the fourth quarter. They got out, You're scored talking about 29-19. as a team, right? Or, as a team, yeah. The, the scoring, because yeah. De- that's De'Aaron not having, having it on a nightly yeah. basis the last couple games. Uh, Tyrese's offense has not been around, which is fine. He's Created in other ways, and then like you said, Marvin. That's kind of an area where, as much of a, a question mark as he is, the man can score if you put him in. He will get points somehow, some way. Um, and if the Kings need points, is it something that Luke Walton could do? Does he throw Marvin out there and hope he can create at least for for a stretch? But um, when De'Aaron's not not clicking, Tyrese is creating other ways. Davion Mitchell is having a career night, scoring twenty two harrison barnes is having an mvp type Start, opening yeah. of the season and that's not enough it's it's easy to point at, at why and, and De'Aaron fox as good as he's been and as 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 much as we've enjoyed watching him play over the last couple of years it's been three games so i'm not gonna mm-hmm. overreact but the man needs to get going mm-hmm. i mean yeah what
0: he had 12 i think against utah uh, so he started off with 27 against Portland. Uh, 12 is that correct? 12 against Utah, and then 17 last night against Golden State. Um, five
1: of 19, five of 19 <sighs> from the field, oh, of five against Utah. Last night was a little bit better. Uh, eight of 16, one of six from three. The three point shot is just not there. I know he, he, he had a decent year last year with it, and he just seems very, uh, he has a green light. Obviously, mm-hmm. he he's taking step backs and he's creating his own shot. It's good to see. It looks good until it it goes it goes up. But mm-hmm. I'd like to see them fall. Uh, I'm sure he would too. But <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, they're not falling. It's just straight up not falling. And uh,
1: one of eleven over the last two games from three. Yeah.
0: And to your point, I mean, last year De'Aaron Fox, if I'm not mistaken, was a top three fourth quarter scorer, mm-hmm. and we just. I mean, I don't I don't have the fourth quarter numbers, but I can guarantee you that they're not nearly in, in, in any sort of elite category. Um, that's a big part of his game is his speed is we, and we saw it a little bit last night against Golden State. He turned it on in, in the late second half, but um, he's able to I mean, yeah, he, he ended up finishing with 17 and I feel like he had eight or, or nine or so um, heading into it. So maybe he actually did score 10 or so in the fourth he, quarter last night. But the best um, stretch we
1: saw of him was the end of the third and into the fourth. And, yeah. But it just was too, too late. And then it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't consistent. Throughout and the we fourth. need more. Yeah. We need more. Like
0: the, I was watching the uh, Laker, Laker um, Grizzly highlights from last night. And I don't want to be that guy, but John Morant's starting a little better than De'Aaron Fox
1: that's been the discussion. I had that same thought this morning and it's, again, it's been three games, but the biggest discussion in, in, in Kingsland between, or uh, regarding deer and Fox is, is the Fox Morant thing. The yeah. rival rivalry that's becoming a rivalry because people are making it like that We're on, speaking on, it
0: into existence.
1: on top point guard lists and top players list Morant's like in the top 35. I think Fox is 42nd, forty third. I don't know. There's like a, a slim margin between them, but, uh, I mean, Moran. I was always
0: team Fox, obviously, but
1: yeah.
0: I mean, you got to look like John Moran. I, I I think he's two years younger. Um, if you take De'Aaron's back, career back two years, he's he's not in the same spot John Moran's at um, currently. Yeah. And uh, the biggest thing for me, I mean, the reason why I brought it up, John Moran can shoot now. Like that dude is bona fide. Like Anthony Davis at one point yesterday, uh, he had an ISO on him and he played like, at the free throw line, like you would against De'Aaron or something. John ja, like, took a three from two or three steps behind the line and cashed it. Um, and I think he had four or five threes yesterday. Like, you know, this isn't a Grizzlies podcast or a John Morant podcast, but that, that dude's a problem. And if, you know, if De'Aaron, want, I, I know De'Aaron's not going to, look at some younger dude and be like, I want to be him when I grow up. But I think if, <laughs> if, if De'Aaron were to look at jaw and just how aggressive he is and, and I, the bigger point of me bringing in this out, bringing this up is his team needs him to be this ja Morant. Like regardless of, I, I think De'Aaron would say like, that's just not me. That's not my play style. Like the team needs it to be your play style because clearly we need a dominant force, a dominant presence And it just makes everybody's life a lot easier if De'Aaron's that center of focus. And, you know, I could see how maybe coming out of that camp, they feel as a team that they can beat people and they want to have Terrence Davis score 12 points and have Tyrese score his 15 and Buddy score his 15 and yada, yada, yada. But I would much rather have De'Aaron Fox score 35, 40 and somebody else get 20 and then everybody else get 10.
1: Well, like you said, if everyone's going to check their box, Darren has to check that box. He needs, yep. in my eyes, yes. at least at least twenty five, at least mm-hmm. twenty five, and that that's that's fair to to expect mm-hmm. from him after what we've seen him the, the last season plus. And it kind of has to happen for this team to be successful because right now, no one else is walking through that door at the moment. Ben Simmons isn't walking through that door, or any of those other guys that the Kings have been been hoping to get. The, the guys they have are the guys they have, and. Buddy last night scoring zero points for most oh. of the game until the fourth. If he has a Buddy healed type night, the Kings maybe win that game. Uh, but that's basketball. Things don't happen. The, the same things don't happen every single night. Mm-hmm. Buddy's not going to score 17 a night. De'Aaron's not going to score 25 a night. Uh, mm-hmm. HB's probably not going to score 24 points in, for the entire season. If 30. he does, I hope he does. There, I hope he does. But uh, And Davion Mitchell... It was great to see that he can score in, in, in college. We know he he was a guy who could put the ball in the basket too, but I, I don't expect 20 points from him every night. So De'Aaron scoring 12 against Utah and, and I think 17 last night. I mean, that's 29 over the last two games. We're looking for that each night
0: mm-hmm.
1: from a guy who was top 10, I think, in scoring last year or top 15 in scoring last year. Uh, it the, the Kings, they still to me need that third that third big piece. And it's not, it's not coming right now. And that third piece right now is going to be that other contributor, the, the other question mark. I think right now you can pretty much bank on De'Aaron scoring 20-plus a night. I think HB's proved he can give you at least 16 a night. So between Tyrese and Buddy and the the other quite like Terrence Davis or, or mm-hmm. if Mitchell can run into a big night, it's going to be a, the, the, the question mark every night. Can De'Aaron score 25, 20, 25? Can Harrison score 16, 15? And can someone else give us 15 or 20 or run into an even bigger night, like a 30-point a buddy-heeled night? It's, it's just not quite what you get like with Milwaukee or, or the Lakers or, the, or those other good teams where you have your big dudes and they're all going to give you 20 to 25 a night or whatever it is. Uh, the Kings, it's a mixed bag. And if De'Aaron's not good, it's even more of a mixed bag. Because if De'Aaron's struggling, someone else has to pick up the slack, and that was Davion Mitchell last night. And I don't know if that's going to happen every night. So it's 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 interesting to watch uh, De'Aaron kind of figure it out. Um, I think he's had a lot of calls that haven't gone his way. Is I mean that's an easy cop out, I think, but I I think there have been a lot of calls that have not gone his way. Um, yeah, it's just just between between Fox struggling and Buddy struggling last night, it was just too much to overcome. So.
0: I'm not trying to cause controversy here, but... Oh, boy. <laughs> Good way to start. Yep. Last night was the first time I've ever really, like, imagined, what if we just did the the Ben Simmons for De'Aaron straight-up swap?
1: Oh, boy. They're and not going to like that one.
0: I, I, I know that I'll be the first person to admit that does not solve the aggression in scoring issue at all if anything it exacerbates the issue um we all know ben simmons obviously isn't isn't famous for his uh his good shot so- well i shouldn't say that because he does have good shot selection but uh he's he's very timid to let the ball fly um or even put the ball in the hoop uh but you just again like i just feel like the kings are missing that that spark, that boost of, and I, you know, again, I don't think Ben Simmons is the answer to bring it out. He's definitely not an energy guy, but um, I just think that some, the Kings need to feel comp, They need somebody that they feel hyper-confident in. And, you know, if they need a bucket, if, if things are going bad, they need someone who's a, who's a momentum shifter, who can make plays and who can um, make the team feel greater than they are. And I think the biggest problem with De'Aaron not being aggressive, not being the superstar that we all hope he is, is is just that, is that the team kind of doesn't, you know, when things are going bad, when the shot clock is winding down, they kind of are like, well, I guess it's got to be me because it's my turn to step up as opposed to sometimes it's just easy to be like, give Luca the ball because that fool's going to do something crazy and he's going to throw it up and it's probably going to go in. There's why are you, dropping, why are you dropping into Luca? It was just easy. I could have said was... James Harden. I'm sorry. That's my fault. That's definitely it's my
1: fault. It's not uncalled for. It's <laughs> early, in <the> <laughs> it's early in the morning, I yeah. it's, it's,
0: it's like it's a not... swear.
1: Um, it really, it's like a swear. It really yeah. is. And
0: I, I don't know. Again, like I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm now a proponent of Ben Simmons for for De'Aaron Fox. Well, you, you
1: thought about it. You at least I envisioned
0: it. It's. It's not. I mean, especially at this point, like Ben Simmons' value just isn't that. But. Um, I don't know. Like I, I, I don't see Buddy Hill and Marvin Bagley being being an acceptable return at this point. But um, I don't know. There's just just a thought. I we think thought I, about it. And you know what? That that could just be me mentally mentally chastising Tyrant uh, Fox. Like that I could think... just be me being like, bro. Like I'm mad at you. Like I'm gonna think about the possibility of what What if we didn't have you? Or what if we subbed you off for a better quote unquote better better star
1: it's it's tough I mean you you, everyone's probably thought about it at least I know that everyone shuts it down really quick and and I also I'm not one who wants to trade De'Aaron for Ben Simmons but um you think about it and and maybe that's not the, the move that the Kings make but yeah they do need a guy that's a momentum shifter and right now
0: I, I would say Davion's probably it. Davion's De'Vion, the most momentum shifty guy they have, and it's or, only defensively.
1: Or Terrence Davis if he goes into his streaky yeah. runs. Buddy kind of falls in that category too. The guys that just are 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 boomer bust, and right now it's more bust than booming. Mm-hmm. But the, the Kings do need, need that another like a catalyst. They need a guy who's going to be able to come in and change the momentum of the game mm-hmm. and. Tyrese is a guy who possesses that ability, 100%. Mm-hmm. And I think he will get more comfortable in in the flow of the offense. And he would a really uh, – he struggled in the opener against Portland. Looked, looked pretty good uh, against against Utah, I believe, I think, right? I, yeah, he played yeah. – I mean, yeah, 15 yeah. points, six assists. I mean, he took – he hit seven of his 12 shots. And then last night, almost tri- had his first career triple-double, eight points, seven rebounds, nine assists. But he's, not take, he's only taking 9, 10 shots a game, mm-hmm. and I think he, he can take more of the 9, 10 shots a game. I, I think that Luke would, would, uh, would echo that sentiment as well, that Tyrese should be able to shoot the ball. And we saw him pass up a lot of open looks mm-hmm. last night. And to me, he's the guy that is that catalyst, though. He is the guy that can change the momentum of the game mm-hmm. because he can do so many different things on the offensive side and the defensive side.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think uh, yes to your point. Yes, absolutely. I would love to see Tyrese get more aggressive. I think he's seeing the floor well, obviously with his assist numbers. He's starting to under- fully understand the NBA game and how to how to create shots for others. Um, I would, yeah, I would love to see his own shot creation. He's kind of got a little step back move that he falls into, and it works pretty well. But um, I would just like to see him take. Be more aggressive on his open looks. Yeah, like yesterday we saw him pass up two or three open threes. Uh, he, a big problem I still have with him, and I feel like I've been talking about it since he got here. Is he's just not getting all the way to the rim. I've noticed De'Aaron has also done it the past couple of games. Uh, last game I chalked it down to Rudy Gobert being in the paint. Totally understandable, but you gotta like you can't just get all the way to the paint and then throw up a floater like that. Kind of defeats the purpose of penetration. If you're just going to bail out at the last second, people are going to show and then fall back because, I mean, you know, they try and block a float or whatever, but you need to get all the way to the paint, make everybody collapse. Um, and it that's means, just something make, that Tyrese and De'Aaron don't do.
1: You make an effort. And it, yeah, I'm not going to sit here as, as I'd like you
0: know. to see them take more bad shots, essentially is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it, if, it, if it, if it is what it is, if they miss whatever, but I, you know, you got to try
1: and it's tough for me to sit here and say, well, just go in and take the hits and go to the basket. <laughs> just go at it. Like saw what happened with Mo. Like, <laughs> go, go at him. Uh, yeah. But it's it's something I've noticed since last year, too, that Tyrese, he does kind of bail out when he's driving in, into the key. You don't see him driving there and, and take a bunch of contact and mm-hmm. still still go try to lay in like we see De'Aaron do. Um, but it, it might come down to being afraid of getting hit or, mm-hmm. or a, a previous injury. I, I think that we've seen players he's that's risked, happened before. Yeah. Willie Cauley Stein went up for an alley oop in traffic, and he got hit, and like he hit his wrist in the rim. And he said to the media after, "I don't think I'm gonna off dunk the second guess. <laughs> I'm gonna have the second guess before I dunk from now on." And it's just like a dude, you can't say that. Yeah. Uh, but Tyrese, he does seem like a guy that that should be able to to maneuver his way to the basket and, and have have those have those and one opportunities. But and his floater is he's is a great floater. I mm-hmm. it's really it's pretty. An impressive aspect of his game, but I would like to see him fake that a little more and go right to the rack because mm-hmm. I think the defenders are catching on to his floater and the fact that he's not driving into the key. He pulls okay. up as soon as he touches that paint. He's either floating mm-hmm. it or kicking it out.
0: I've never seen a man leave leave the floor so much in my life. Like he jumps every single time, and I get it because it elicits some sort of reaction or frozen motion from defense. Because if somebody's in the air, obviously they're probably going to shoot it, and so you. Draw attention, but it's just like it's. It also creates a timeline where Tyrese has to make a a decision by the time he hits the ground. It goes against all basketball. Yeah, yeah. It 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 goes
1: against everything. Yeah, don't jump the pass.
0: Literally, I can't. Like every coach tells you, don't pick up your dribble and don't jump the the pass. Jumping is like picking up your dribble on steroids. It's like not only have you picked up your dribble, you have now left Earth, and now have. Until you touch the ground to make a decision on what you're going to do, Uh, and you know we haven't seen him get caught in that situation so far this year. I think it happened like once or twice last year. Yeah,
1: he doesn't turn the ball over. Last night he makes he
0: makes a good play most of the time. How about that Jokic pass yesterday, where he he went for the floater and then like turned his hand and pushed it out to the three. I think Mo hit a corner three. Filthy, like the the guy is the guy sees the floor I and mean, it's yeah. not it's not a matter of like he doesn't he definitely gets the game and understands the
1: game. He is the best court vision on the team, I think. Yeah. I know De'Aaron has he has assist numbers that are kind of different. They're more yeah. just the the they're not I guess flashy maybe isn't the best word because I mean well, Kings fans love flashy. They they we mm-hmm. still love Jason Williams after he played here for what two seasons. Gosh, um, Tyrese is he has those those flashy impressive looks and mm-hmm. last night nine assists right nine assists yeah nine two yeah six he, six he, assists two I turnovers against uh team, six assists two turnovers against utah last night uh nine assists and two turnovers so the the to turnover numbers are good he's not turning the ball over he's not giving it up i think last year he had a stretch where he had 70 or 60 assists and one or two yeah. turnovers the guy just does not turn the ball over that much but um Back to my point, he, he's a guy that if he can create more offense, and last year we saw that he can score 15, 16 on a nightly basis if he really wants to, um, he could be that guy for the Kings that could change the momentum because he can do so many things. But in order to do that, I think the aggressiveness needs to definitely take, he needs to take upward because if he goes into the paint and tries to score more buckets, he's going to get to the free throw line. He's a great free throw shooter. So easier for me to sit here and just say, go in there and just get hammered by NBA centers and go make free throws. But, uh, he he added the size. Let's see him use it a little more.
0: Yeah, and I feel the same way about De'Aaron Fox. where it's like, I mean, he's definitely attacking the rim more than more than Tyrese is. But um, with the added weight that he's put on, he's he's very wide-shouldered now, and I would expect him to use those arms and use those shoulders and, and try and get through. I think we've seen it. You can tell when De'Aaron is is getting aggressive. He he'll really attack, attack the like a step in from half court. You really start to pick up speed, just take off and attack the rim, and that's the kind of stuff we need. um Last night is the seven turnovers. It wasn't yeah. super noticeable. It wasn't like he was throwing the ball all around the court, but, again, like it's just one of those things that stacks up. You know, if he has two or three, okay, like he lost. He's the point guard. He's going to have the ball in his hands. He lost the ball. Seven is, is unexcusable. Uh, I think the Kings. I don't. I don't have their fit, the the numbers of of what the final turnover battle was, but, um, was but there was a point where it was like seventeen to five in favor of Golden State in terms of turnovers. And oh, it, like it, the, ended, the, it
1: ended. 19-6. 19-6. It ended nineteen six. It ended nineteen six. So <laughs> point blank period. That's the
0: reason why the Kings lost. Like you cannot turn the ball over. You cannot have that kind of disparity in turnovers and expect cool. to win a game.
1: Well, Chris, look at it. The the Warriors turned the ball over seven times. But ESPN is seven. So there's a discrepancy there, but, but um, seven turnovers for Golden State led to nine Kings points, right? Kings Mm -hmm. from the ball over 19 times. Golden State scored, Golden State scored 29 points off of those 19 turnovers. So, yeah, there's, there's your game right there. There's nothing else you can really, that's the game.
0: I'm looking at it right now. De'Aaron Fox is averaging five turnovers a game. He had five in the Portland game. Three in the Utah game, seven last night. Fifteen total, three games. You can do the math. Not a math yeah. podcast.
1: But. We know it's early, but maybe he he could come out against Phoenix and deliver eight assists and one turnover. Hey, I don't think he's gonna have five turnovers for the season, no. but the point is, uh all these every game is, is an important one. And
0: yeah. five turnovers three and stuff. I'm confident De'Aaron's going to turn it around. He'll figure it out. He'll he'll average whatever. It might not be 25, but it might be 23 or 24, whatever. The problem is Harrison Barnes is playing the best basketball of his career right now, and it's just getting wasted. Like we saw this last year, Harrison played really well the first half of the season. He just can't sustain it. Even if he's able to, like we, <laughs> it's just it's not going to happen for much longer. And for for us to waste these opportunities, like, like I said, we could, we should be at the least two and one right now. We could, there's, there is a hypothetical universe where I think we're three and oh, it's not, it's definitely not a realistic universe, obviously. Uh, no, I mean, but if they can, if they could close games out. They're, they, they were in bridge. both of those games. And, you know, if we have great game, great performances out of De'Aaron Fox and of the, in those two losses, like, we're three and up. Like we are three and oh, and it's just a completely different conversation. Um, so it's just it's 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 the story of every year. Missed opportunities. Like these things don't matter a lot in the moment, but when you you know, they're just they're stacking up. It's we talk the kings talk about stacking days, they're stacking L's right now. And eee. that's that's not eee. helpful, obviously. Like you can't it, it happens. I mean, how many times have we just talked about, like, you know, they really let this game slip by? And, you know, there's back. seasons where they'll finish three games out of the playoff. And, or last season, last season's a perfect example. We just ended up losing nine games straight twice. Twice. They just stack up. It's, it's not a matter of, like, oh, this team is, like, playing legitimately the worst stretch of basketball i've seen them play it's just they keep on individual nights stacking these losses um and that's the and problem now, is i wouldn't necessarily say the kings have played well these first three games but i mean i, I would probably say they played poor they played poorly in the utah game and they played pretty, they didn't deserve to win any of the games that they lost that's
1: what I'm it's so jekyll and hyde they look like a good team through three quarters they the, the first half, they look like a very good team. They've gone to the half with the lead every time it, it fourth quarter. They look like a uh, JV team. It's just uh,
0: every it's, game it's is important. It's concerning, especially if this team is going to make the playoffs. Like that's not a team trait that you would like is these guys kind of crumble late in games.
1: It's so early. And, and I want to just, I keep saying that, but I, I do understand it's early and, and I'm not making excuses and, Again, we're going to see the full body of work at some mm-hmm. point. But um, through three games, it's it's pretty easy to spot the the problems with this team. They mm-hmm. they fall apart late. They I don't know if it's fatigue. I don't know if it's just uh, the opposing teams in Golden State, Portland, oh, and Utah. They're just turning it up in, to a mm-hmm. different tier at the end of the games and putting a lot of pressure on the Kings they can't handle. Portland almost stole the game from the Kings because of, yeah, facts. That's another thing too. Is
0: I we could easily I, be on
1: three. We could easily be on three. Same. It goes both ways, right? Uh, but it look playing Phoenix in the next game isn't an ideal situation. Really. But I Portland did just thirty piece them, and, and basketball is, is a weird game. It doesn't really matter. We the Kings beat the Lakers last year, I think, on the we beat, road. We, we beat with Phoenix their full. twice, I think,
0: last year, didn't we? At the yeah, the be,
1: to be, at the at the beginning of the we season split. before
0: I think we split. it.
1: Yeah, but before we knew they were the Suns, the mm-hmm. the, yes. the, Western the Western Conference, Conference at that point, Finals. At that point they were I think they finished below the Kings this season before and mm-hmm. they just got Chris Paul and I think I kind of uh took a dump on on Phoenix getting Chris Paul and I just kinda, <laughs> I I think I scoffed at it uh at work at the time. I was like, "Ah, oh, whatever." Jeez. Like they, whatever the Chris man. Paul old man. Yeah, what's was a freezing cold take, but yeah. um there there's there's a schedule coming up for the for the Kings that I I do think they can they can do some advantage with. of. I mean, I think they have New Orleans without Zion coming up. The upcoming slate for the Kings this week uh four game road trip, Phoenix on Wednesday, New Orleans on Friday, the L Word and the Mavericks on Halloween. That's a spooky spooky Yikes. Sunday. Scary. scary Sunday and then Tuesday the 2nd they play Utah, so you look at it, Phoenix, New Orleans, Dallas, Utah, back home play New Orleans, and then Charlotte, and then the schedule opens up after that, you could say. Um, I think that the Kings, the rough, the quote-unquote, the rough opening stretch everyone was talking about, I think we can say after tomorrow, that's not really an excuse anymore. If they start the season 1-3, and three, okay, that's fine, but that's not an excuse anymore if the, if the rough opening's over. I know that playing Portland on the road, Utah, the best team in the West at home, and then Golden State with Steph Curry, the hottest player in the NBA right now, is not an, an ideal start. Then you go play the defending Western Conference champs. But um, other teams out there have excuses too. Pelicans don't have Zion. Yeah. So.
0: I, I think the biggest problem with me or the pr- biggest problem I have with them starting off so slowly is it's the start of the season and you're never going to have, A, this good of health, this much energy, and this much just positive vibes around the team. Like if you have this same stretch in the middle of the season, it's really tough to randomly be like, all right, we have a tough stretch. I know we've played 25 games already and we're tired and exhausted and X players hurt and whatever, but we got to get up for these four games. Like this is the most perfect scenario, like situation you can go into these games with like you're, you're very well prepared. You're freshly learning these things. You have good feelings about your team. You haven't learned how good or bad you are yet, and it just seems like—I mean, to an extent—they're excited to show this defensive identity, like we've been saying all episode. But it ends up crumbling, and it, it ends up not being who they really are for four quarters. And uh, I don't know. It's just frustrating. I don't—if they're not going to beat these teams in the beginning of the season when the other teams aren't at their best. I just don't see when they will beat these teams. And the problem is <laughs> they have to play these are the Western Conference teams. They have to beat these guys. And they aren't, I mean, Portland and uh Golden, Golden State, State. They're gonna be right are, there
1: with the, they're, they're in they're that be there all night. All, all they're, year. I mean they're in tier they're in a tier above the Kings of course, but mm-hmm. they'll be there'll be teams that the Kings are gonna have to battle, especially Golden State if they play three mm-hmm. more times down the stretch. And yeah, the Kings are fully healthy. You mean knock on wood. They're yep. they're fully healthy right now. Uh, there's there's not many excuses you can have for this team right now to to fall apart late like they have in these three games. And um, I think a lot of people want to point the finger at Luke Walton. And
0: he's a problem, uh, but he's not the problem.
1: He's not the he's not the reason why the Kings are blowing these games late. The yeah. the, the players out there are not executing, and we're seeing it happen right in front of us. It, yeah. Luke Walton has a lot of things that 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 are not perfect regarding his coaching style and and his strategies. But uh, the guys he has out there late. And even when, when things aren't working, he's putting, if buddy's having a horrible night, he's putting Davion on back out there for defense. He's trying to fix and and plug these holes that that the Kings are having. And the, the, the the team's just not executing. So it's, it's not all Luke Walton's fault. I think everybody's at fault for, for the start. And Mm -hmm. again, by all means, a one and two start is not a bad start there. It's, it's the first three games of the season. Plenty of teams are zero 2 two, zero and three, one and two. Doesn't matter. You want to look at it in 10, 15 game increments, uh, in my opinion. And, and I think that uh, even five to begin the season, start the season two and three. I'm happy with that, truthfully. Um, but it, it's going to take a lot of uh, a lot of, of differences you know coming up this week. Jaren needs to turn it up a little bit. Tyrese, love to see some more shooting and, and more offensive aggression from him. Uh, Davion, I love that even though he he struggled in the first two games wasn't deterred by that came out aggressive again um, last night and kept us in the game. A lot of good things, bad things too, but there's been a lot of good things as well. Mm -hmm.
0: Let's focus on those good things. Let's go to our award segment Uh, for all those who were listeners to the return of the Roar last year. uh, Me and Frankie like to do this segment to close out every episode where we give out our King of the week and our Coke machine of the week, obviously Coke machine for, I don't know how many times I'm, I'm, I feel like I always say I'm not going to explain this again, but this is actually the last time I'm explaining it. Uh, Coke machine, for all those who don't know, is uh, George Carl once had a famous press conference. Uh, I think Derek Williams had like eight rebounds or something like that. And uh, when asked about Derek Williams's rebounding, uh, George Carl responded, you know, even the Coke machine can go out there and get a couple of rebounds. Jeez. so in spirit the coke machine is our our jester of the week if you will it's our uh guy who could have who's just kind of going out there and
1: anti-king of the week just because he's playing
0: yeah he just because they're playing they're
1: they're and doing things but we're but, switching right. it up this year if you listen last season uh we used to kind of have the same back yeah we piggyback oh i picked the Oh, i'll pick your too. this year we're doing i'm we're gonna go we'll pick a number between one and five right now and whoever gets that number will go first and we'll do
0: moving forward um something i've seen on other podcasts that i really like we'll do trivia like i don't know how i'll not know the answer but i'll just like look up a trivia question that's like how many whatever like that'll make us look stupid what is the circumference of earth or something and we'll just have to throw out a number and we'll go whoever's closest
1: well, should but we? How should we, how should we determine who goes first today? Should we think of a random thing and look it up? Uh, um, how about I'm how thinking about of a number
0: between one and seventeen.
1: <laughs> but but you can just change it. No, yeah, I thought about that 2nd can just change it. Let's uh, we'll go, we'll do a Google.
0: Uh, Let's do uh, how many points per game do you think Harrison Barnes is averaging at this moment? After this three moment. games, I would say Harrison uh, Barnes is averaging twenty-seven points a game.
1: I will say he's averaging twenty-nine. Ready? One, two, three.
0: One, look. two, three. Looking. He is at 28.3. I think Frankie gets it by Do point want- three. Yes.
1: Okay. We, oh, said yeah, yeah, You said 0.
0: twenty-nine. One. Yeah. Okay. You get po- your 0.7 away on well, 1.3. Away.
1: I get I get to go first for my king of the week, and, and it's funny that you pick Harrison Barnes because he is the easy pick. Easy. Easy. I'm intrigued to so see who you're going to pick now. Uh, Harrison Barnes has been playing literally like he's looking at his numbers right now. They're just stupid. Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame, three games, 28.3 points, 10.3 rebounds, 50% from the field, 55% from the three-point line this season. He has made 15 of his 27 three-point attempts. That leads all of the NBA, 15 threes over three games, which is just ridiculous. He's had a double-double. Uh, he, I think he a career-high 15 rebounds against Utah. Um, He's been the best player on the Kings by far, and he's been, been in my mind, the second to third best player on the team since he came here. And for all of you out there that were, you know, pooing on the, the Kings giving Harrison Barnes that deal, I guess I'm wondering how everyone's feeling at the moment because Harrison Barnes, this team, last season, does not win 31 games at like Harrison Barnes. This, no. this team this season the success this team is going to have Harrison Barnes is going to be a big part of that. Mm-hmm. So HB with, with an MVP hall of fame. Start. Season. season,
0: Yeah. 28 and 10 is definitely nothing to scoff at. I can't, I mean, that's, that's DeMarcus Cousins numbers. <laughs> like Sanity. Um, I mean, obviously that's, that's the right pick. Um, Harrison's been out of this world. I can't think of the last time the Kings have had like a not, they're not star player. I mean, granted Harrison's their highest paid player, but uh, I obviously say De'Aaron Fox is probably more of the star. And uh, well, it's,
1: it's very Rudy Gay, like Rudy Gay-esque when, when Boogie was, was here. I don't think Rudy, Rudy yeah, Gay was Rudy ran, ever 10 rebounds like this, though. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't rebounding and he would get five, six boards a game, but mm-hmm. I'm just meaning that where DeMarcus was a star, De'Aaron is a star. Harrison yeah. is putting up 25, 24 on the side. Rudy yeah. would, would do the same thing with Boogie. Um, usually it'd end up with the loss still, which is kind of happening as well. Uh, but uh, what more could you want from HB? Like realistically, this is, this is, un- this is unrealistic expectations for him and he's doing it right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And once again, we ask, can Harrison Barnes be anything else than the Harrison Barnes we expect him to be? And, for the second straight year, the answer is yeah, he can be even more solid somehow. Like you think he is as solid as they come and he just roots himself even harder. And he's like, nah, son, like I am solid. I'm not great, but I'm solid. Um, and that's what he does. Uh, so yeah, I I, I can't pick Harrison, but I will pick somebody else who's solid, solid as a rock Davion Mitchell. I'm going to give Davion my player of the week. Um, obviously the scoring hasn't been there with the exception of the Golden State game. I guess we're technically only talking about the Utah and, and Golden State game since we recorded after Portland, but um, Davion's defense has been, I think um, uh, Donovan Mitchell, his, his almost namesake uh, was the one who coined it. He's ad- as advertised his defenses, um, which is, which is crazy because that, that doesn't seem like much of a compliment, but With how touted Davion's defense was coming in, like, you were thinking, like De'Aaron said in the offseason, this is a guy who's going to come in and be a top-tier on-ball defender. I can honestly say through three games and, like, maybe, you know, obviously I'm a Kings fan, so I watch a majority of Kings games. I don't watch 70 Laker games a year or whatever, 70 Miami Heat games a year. I can't remember somebody who plays defense the way that Davion Mitchell plays defense. He legitimately played like, it's always made sense to me in my head. Like obviously in basketball, it's the most free flowing game offense becomes defense defense becomes offense in just a matter of seconds. And like, it, it really is one in the same game. Like if you pay much attention to your offense, paying same kind of attention to defense seems like the kind of thing that should happen, but as we see it just doesn't people we have james harden of offense but then james harden couldn't give a rat's ass about defense davion attacks defense as if it is his offense like he treats defense like oh in the words of adam sandler this is how i win like this is this is this is the moment that <laughs> we've all been waiting for like this is i have the ball now like this is where i can control things And it's it's cool. It's really cool to see somebody who's that focused on defense. And I mean, it's really pointing out how poor everybody else on the team is defensively because Davion just shines so much. Um, And, you know, I can talk about his defense all day, but um, his offense, his shot hasn't been falling. But I've been really impressed with the creation. Uh, He's so fast. He's so goddamn fast. I did not think he was this fast, especially with the ball. And uh, his step back move is killer. His hesitation is killer. We saw him kill Bielitsa a couple times yesterday. Um, His shot doesn't look terrible. Um, Obviously, it's not falling how you'd want it to, but uh, I think last night was a good example. He hit one or two threes. He's got the ability to hit that off the dribble three, which is interesting and, and will be helpful for him, but... Um, I've just been pretty impressed by what I've seen so far. I mean, he's really – and as we stated earlier, he's he's the type of dude who's an actual momentum shifter, something the Kings don't have, uh, a dude who can bring energy and can bring – just bring – make a good play out of nothing, make a good play when we need it. Um, and I'm excited to see the moment where it's like the crowd is really, really into it. Uh, we need a defensive stop, and Davion comes up with it because – the, the reaction from golden one center to Davion's defense has been perfect. Like normally the, you know, King's crowds have always been really good at, at noticing the little things, noticing hustle plays, noticing great passes, great pocket finds and stuff like that. But, um, the way that the King's crowd treats Davion on defense is, is something special. Like it's really, really fun.
1: Yeah. They, they definitely have been into it, which has been really fun to be at the, at the, the G1C for all the things mm-hmm. that have been going on. Um, no, Dave, Davion. I kind of knocked on him last week. I, I last episode, I think I didn't mean to knock on him that much uh, about his offense. But last night was the the boom potential. You know, he, yeah. he that's that's like the I don't want to say best case. I think that realistically, you don't want to be, I'm thirty. I would say that's out of the them. best
0: case. I don't think that's he's going to take sixteen shots again. I think he, him and De'Aaron led the team in shots. Like, I don't think that's going to happen.
1: It's the best case, but I, I think I, we said it before. We don't need him to come in and score the way he did last night, but. That doesn't mean he can, because he can He's able to do it. And we saw it last night, and the defense has been there. There's been highlights of him, uh, plenty of highlights that we've, we've seen on a large scale of the Davion – Davion, I'm sorry, Donovan, other Mitchell. Mm-hmm. The Donovan Mitchell strip from the other night was really fun to watch. Uh, I think last night Steph and, and Davion kind of went back-to-back, uh, getting each other on a couple things. Uh, Steph kind of got him on yeah. one. I think one he shook him, and then Davion yeah. came back the next play and, and poked the ball free, so – uh, but really fun to watch. One thing I wanted to just kind of shout out before we move to the Coke machine. Uh, Rashawn Holmes deserves at least a little bit of flowers on this episode. Uh, he's had a pretty strong start to the season, all things considered. Been in foul trouble, but 14 and 10, 2.3 blocks per game, and he's shooting 76% from the field. Not to mention he hit his only three-pointer that he took. Deserves a, deserves a, little, a little little round of applause from me. I haven't him. been the
0: biggest fan of what Rashawn's done so far this year. I, right. I've, like... I I think I I don't again like I don't want to say I'm just going to agree with the Walton. I, I think he's maybe out of shape or just not. His effort level hasn't really been there offensively. He's hitting his push shots still. I am very I will say I am thrilled that he is. I, you said he's averaging ten rebounds a game. Or I'm pretty he's sure. sure he's got. I'm pretty sure he's gotten double digit uh, rebounds every single game.
1: Back to back double been, doubles. That's been
0: way like that's so necessary. Like if if Rashawn can do that every night he can play as many minutes as he wants, and I'll be happy. Uh, I just think defensively, like, yeah, you mentioned his block numbers. I just haven't seen – like, his rim protection hasn't been there. I don't think well, – he's getting he's foul trouble. Himself, yeah, he's, he, and honestly, that's an issue too, and I don't think he's been too aggressive on defense, obviously, but um, he's just – he's not getting caught in the right positions, and I think especially, like, when people do get beat defensively – um, on the perimeter, he's just he's he hasn't been there, and uh, I don't know. I, I I would like to see more. His his effort level has been has been uh, lacking for me, or his energy level, I should say. Maybe not his effort level.
1: Is he your That's Coke fine. Machine? I'm mean, just kidding. No, he is not my Coke Machine. Well, just to get into the Coke Machine, uh, I think it's pretty easy. I think it's the first time I've ever given him a Coke Machine order. He's gotten one on, on the show. De'Aaron Fox. He's. Yeah. He's the one, the one player that you don't want to have to worry about, and we've had to worry about him to open the season. He he struggled in in each game, um, even though he had twenty seven. I, th- I think it was twenty seven in the opener against mm-hmm. Portland. Uh, it, it was Good on shooting that game, right? Yeah, it, it, he went. I think it was nine and twenty three that night. He went, yeah, nine and twenty two, nine and twenty two, two of eight from three. The three-point shot is just not there. 15% on the season. Uh, the field goal percentage, 38%. The shots are not falling. Um, need more out of them. I know we talked about them enough, so I'm just going to say we need we need more out of them.
0: Mm-hmm. My Coke Machine of the Week is going to be uh, somebody we talked about briefly. Uh, our boy, TT, um, Tristan Thompson. Uh, for all the things I kind of said earlier, I mean, he's kind of, for me, been the definition of what the Coke Machine is. He's just been going out there and really – because of his size, because of, I mean, Tristan Thompson is still, let's not forget he was like the fourth pick in the draft, which is not okay. Like he should not have been picked that high off of even what he's shown in his career. Um, But like, he's, you know, he's, he's just going out there. He's being a body. Um, He's not really anything athletic. He's not a great rim protector. He's not like a Montrez Harrell level energy guy. Uh, He's just, kind of going out there and getting putbacks, and he's honestly being too aggressive offensively. Like I don't, I don't, he, he looks for his push shot a little bit. He looks for it almost as much as like Marvin would, which is kind of, again, I'm kind of like, I would think I would rather see Marvin get those shots than Tristan Thompson. But um, just, I, I really haven't been a, been that impressed with Tristan. I think um, I expected more energy from him with, the clips that we were seeing coming into the season. Uh, And I expected like him to be like a, a a real presence out there in some sort. And uh, he's just kind of, he's just kind of been a body and uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Kings need bodies, especially big bodies, but uh, nothing, nothing special. And I just feel like he was very, he's just, the definition for what he's been to me has been, he's been very replaceable. Like, I, I don't think you can really, I think you can put in uh, any number of big guys from. I mean, the Warriors start Kavon Looney. Like, is Kavon Looney doing anything different than what Tristan Thompson's doing? Not really. Would Chimezi Metu or Damian Jones do anything different than what Tristan Thompson's doing? I think Chimezi would do it differently, but I, I think Damian Jones would do exactly what tristan thompson's doing right now so
1: it, damian jones played know. well last year too he, and that's the thing yeah i'm
0: not saying he played bad but like well for damian jones is like what tristan's doing now it's you know it's yeah insane. it
1: hasn't it hasn't been great from tristan and hopefully he can can um improve on that i mean i know again six points and seven rebounds last night that's that's good i on paper it looks good but make an impact uh, that's what it, we're it's yeah it's the other stuff that it's just we, we, don't, really. we don't need
0: stats we need we need emotional we need impact you're right we need emotional leaders
1: yeah we're not gonna be box score uh, like that guy that, yeah. that one review which still bothers me they box, look box, box score scores. junkies it's like bro get out of here with that but uh yeah nice uh nice road trip coming up mm-hmm. three games in the books
0: <sighs> three games in the books and uh you know we haven't really learned much about the team, hopefully. I mean, I hope this isn't the identity of the team. Um, I, I don't think it is because it does seem like it's somewhere in the middle. Like, this team is trying too hard to, to just be blowing it late like they are, so they're either going to increase the intensity throughout the duration of the game, or they're just going to revert back to, let's not show effort at all. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I would like to think that was the reason why they brought in all these veterans. That's the reason you bring in Davion Mitchell is because these are guys who are not going to back down and who want to win. And, uh, I mean, from an organizational standpoint, all, all signs are pointing to this is a year that we need wins and, uh, wins have not happened. So, I mean, one, one win has happened. And, you know, uh, I think Carmichael Dave pointed out that the teams that the Kings have played are, a combined six and one, obviously the one loss being to the Kings uh, from Portland, but you play who's in front of you. And sometimes you got to be good teams and uh,
1: they just they're going to have yeah. to, they're going to have to this week uh, playing Phoenix on the road, new Orleans, I wouldn't categorize as a good team. They're very Kenzie yeah. themselves. Uh, and even Dallas is, is, is very, key. I know they've had a kind of struggle yeah. to open up the season um, again on a spooky Sunday, Halloween. Um, as far as that's, a recording again goes uh, mm, probably sat- Saturday yeah. or next Monday. I think it's uh, Saturday
0: or Monday, yeah.
1: unless something big happens on Wednesday or Friday. Um, you know, but
0: we're yeah, gonna, we're gonna sit deep
1: back deep. and let let the let the stuff unfold. Let the team. Would that be a pre Halloween episode? We could do a pre Halloween. I mean, I'm, Halloween I'm... or post. It'll be either or. I'm. We'll we'll see what happens if the Kings go if the, if something great or horrible happens we yeah. we could probably tap in on Saturday morning uh, if if we're looking at yeah, very like mid kind of like it is right yeah I mean, now we'll, we'll we'll wait till Monday but uh, hopefully the Kings go 2-0 and Saturday morning we can have a nice a nice little exciting Halloween episode for you guys but yeah. uh, we'll see that's that's not up to us it's up to the boys in purple so
0: yep. Uh, for Frankie Cardaselli, I am Chris Watkins. Frankie, are you going to be? Do you have any Halloween plans? Are you going to dress up as anything?
1: Yeah, uh, my oh, girlfriend. That's uh, a big sigh. Uh, big, yeah, just like big share, big share people or big, big share guy. Uh, she's going to be share, and I'm going to be. Oh, uh, I thought you were like, oh, I'm sharing, like I'm big on sharing. <laughs> she's no, going to be share. Yeah, a big share. We're going to share. We're going to share. No, um, uh, Sunny, Sunny, and Share ah sunny and share so i'm gonna be uh mustached i don't really know much about him until I, yeah. I I googled anyone out there that's that's mm. into sunny and share i'm sorry i know share is uh then i found out who sunny is and said, yeah. okay so i'm basically just her her uh share's boy toy i guess or yeah. her husband i guess they're married you're just there for Sonny. the picture i'm just there for the picture yeah. and i'm there to wear the wig and the 70s yeah. get up and the mustache so what about you yeah.
0: I don't think I have any plans to go into any Halloween parties. I'm not the biggest. Fit. My birthday is tomorrow, so I'm not like the biggest Trump. Halloween guy. Like it kind of like step intrudes on my birthday a little bit. But
1: 26 years old.
0: Yeah, yeah. The big insurance age. Um, do
1: you have any? Do you have any big plans for your birthday?
0: Not getting any accidents because <laughs> I, I don't want to test it out. Uh, no, probably
1: parents' insurance gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, that's, that's a tough day. That's a very. It is a very tough day. Stuff. It's the day that the government literally
0: stops treating you like a child. Yep. Like officially.
1: They, they say 18 is when you become a man or, or, or adult woman. It's 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 26. No. At 26, it's, you are
0: freely being like the government, like just the world is like, bro. Mommy, <laughs> like,
1: and, mommy and daddy can't support you at their this medical is yours benefits now. anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like you're, all you're these
0: bills, a, all these everything.
1: All you're these too old. Responsibilities are your like like guy the, guy. the Kevin Hart Don Shield thing. I'm Damn. old. Damn! Sorry, uh,
0: no. To answer your question, I don't think so. Uh, I've heard rumors that if we do, then we're doing like a Trinity Morpheus kind of thing. Ooh, obviously, I would be Morpheus. But yes, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think that's confirmed. My roommates were doing like a, a Mario Kart thing. I don't think they ended up doing that. You know, a Mario so maybe, Kart party, uh, just like Halloween theme. Like we can all pick someone from Mario Kart.
1: I love oh, that. They, I dress I up as I dress up as Mario for tears in a row, and Ali, uh, my girlfriend, so, she she still gives me hell for it. She doesn't like, really? she doesn't like it. Why? Well, yeah, being, a, ha- she's being a, hater. a hater, She's hating on, hating on Mario. Yeah, it's me, crazy. Mario. It's-a me. It's me, Mario.
0: Mario, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Luigi. Yeah, Jeez. I love that stuff, man. Yeah, Bowser, yeah. the live action Mario movie. Fire me up. <laughs> that's gonna be strange I don't it's know who be, Chris like, Pratt playing yeah, Mario like, that's very my thing weird. about that
0: movie like is Chris Pratt gonna have like an Italian accent or is it just gonna be somehow like, that's racist to me I don't know well I mean low key like Mario's accent already kind of is like yeah. very I don't know if it's racist but it's incredibly uh, stereotype driven
1: to Italian To I'm Italian yeah. I thought I mean, my- he's an
0: Italian plumber right I'll have to
1: ask my family how they feel about the Mario also accent. Also, like, he
0: really doesn't – is it an accent even?
1: Like uh, – I, I, like, I think he's just Italian. He's yeah, just, like I think he's just an Italian guy. There's, mul- like, there's multiple Italian stereotypes. So there's the – there's that and then there's the like – Sweatsuit. Gabba – you doing? Doing? <laughs> Gaba, Gaba, Gaba- Gaba- goo. Gabagoo, huh? gabagoo, Ha oh. <laughs> ha. This freaking guy. Freaking Gabagool. Yeah. Yeah. So and I, uh, boss. I think I dressed up as a, as a, um, when Jersey shore was a big thing, I think I dressed up Ooh, like a Guido from Jersey. Shore. I
0: re watching Jersey shore right now. We're on it's season a four. We're on the episode. You, maybe you'll remember this where Mike knocks himself out with him and Ronnie in the, and the wall. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> let's, like <laughs> yeah, let's get crazy. Let's get crazy. head into the wall, knocks himself out. Like, how did he, like, he not die? Literally like NFL concussion level, like, staring into the stars and then gets up and gets in a fight again and gets slammed
1: that show was prime i'm not a big reality tv guy my my sister loves reality tv but i i found myself i'd be i was obsessed when i was 17 18 watching that show man it was it was such good tv i forgot as
0: well like the hold that it had on culture like was insane like beating up the beat jersey cabs are here like smush room all that stuff, like all that stuff was so like ingrained in all of American cult like everybody in America knew like
1: Jersey. They can name a you can name a Ronnie, Snook, Mike, Snooky, Jay Wow. Yeah.
0: I will tell my dad Snooky and he'll have an adverse reaction. Oh, that Dude. thing. Like Snooky's pa- not even a person. <laughs> my my a parents thing.
1: my parents knew they knew they knew. My yeah. parents knew back. It's just like, yeah. So back crazy. It's it's still it's still sending waves today. So people out there that was a
0: wild time.
1: <laughs> dressing up dressing up like uh Jersey Shore, I yeah. salute you out there. Like so. like Jay Wow. Yeah, what a time! What a time, yeah. though. What a time! Yeah, happy like, ha- happy Halloween. That's that's the time.
0: Of, that's the type of thing where it's like, we were talking about responsibility. I felt no responsibility to Earth at that point. I was like, oh man, like life is great. Like this is just what life is going to be. Just party and like. Are you having a quarter-life crisis? A little bit, man. Like I swear, no one told me that adulting would have this much responsibility. Not grown and up. Like,
1: grown up, nice. but. This is the last bab one I think. When you, <laughs> when you lose something, you know when you yeah. lose something. Yeah. Now you're just now you're you're, you're an adult now. now. You just gotta yeah. take care of your stuff, and uh, it's all downhill it, from here. It gets easier. It gets easier. <laughs> uh, we're sitting here weeping over being in our twenties. All right, on that right. On, on that note, before people want to rip our yeah, heads we've off, just
0: lost everyone over the age yeah. of twenty four. Um, all right. Well, like I said, I was gonna wrap it up. With Frankie Cardiselli, Chris Watkins, thank you all for listening and. Hopefully the Kings win some games, huh? All right, go Kings! Keep.